Ah, I almost forgot to hit record. This is the Saucer Afterwife. Yes, the Saucer Wife is back for our little reaction episode. I've got some questions from listeners about part one of the Janos people, and we'll talk about those, and then we'll talk to the Saucer Wife about her impressions of the episode and some questions that she has. So let's get started. A comment from uh, from Lester. He says, I'm impressed that the Janos people can cooperate to evacuate their planet when it's faced with destruction. It won't happen here. We are as SOL as the Easter Islanders when they contemplated cutting down their last grove. Yeah, seems like it sometimes, doesn't it? And I mean, to be fair, the Janos people are, you know, pretty unique in that they all managed to, well, except for the ones the moon fell on, but most of them managed to uh, to evacuate without much uh, much disaster, um, despite the fact that even a civilization as advanced as the Kryptonians were only able to allow a few of their people to escape. Matthew uh, comments that, as always, he's glad that I'm doing the reading, so all y'all don't have to. And he says that something that jumps out at me is that this book was released only a few short years after the TV movie based on the Hill story. Curious if that plays into your view of the book as well. Um, yes, I think that because of the the Hill, the abduction, the book and the movie, uh, and also the Pascagoula stuff, this idea of hypnosis being something that is not only potentially useful, but almost a required part of an investigation of experiences becomes a part of this. And that's what I think makes it more of an abduction tale and the medical stuff, which of course plays a lot into the Hill abduction as well. Um, so yeah, I think that was definitely uh, possibly, definitely, possibly, definitely a factor. Uh, and finally, Matthew says, uh, the statement that an adult's recollection is no more or less reliable than a five-year-old's was an unexpected moment of clarity in the pantheon of UFO books. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would argue that that maybe Johnson doesn't realize that he's sort of saying that, you know, he could be saying maybe in my cynical view that, you know, uh, you know an adult is equally as unreliable as a five-year-old. I think he was sort of trying to promote the five-year-old, but what he didn't realize he was doing was, was saying, you know, eyewitness testimony and recollection is maybe not as effective as we might think. Born to Run from Instagram says, did the order and form the text was written in make the story seem more like a story, in quotes, than other contactee accounts? From a listener perspective, it comes across like a sci-fi novel with a lot of ham-fisted backstory. A sort of secondary question is, do some accounts come across more as creative writing than others in your research? Um, yeah, I think Johnson is trying to make this into an interesting story. And so he as an as a i don't know as a novelist he's he's a really good retired academic with a background in biology i i think i'll say it's it's just the, the narrative is is very confusing to me and uh, ham-fisted is a good way to put it there are um some accounts that come across much more as, as creative writing i think and this isn't sort of impugning their their veracity or their um uh, sort of sincerity but um one of I can't remember exactly which one now, but one of George King's books, uh, the from who formed the Aetherius Society, that George King, one of his books just I mean it's got space battles and it's it's sort of you know widescreen 
you know, sci-fi action adventure. It's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, some do come across much more as uh, as as creative writing, and I, I think that the King one always jumps out at me with some of the space battles. Kirk would like to know uh, why do aliens and people from the future, for that matter, more often than not wear jumpsuits? There must be a reason. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think a lot of it is is this idea of the future being being efficient or or space people futuristic space people being efficient and you know sort of um efficient i guess is the best word i can think of and the, the sort of misguided perception that a one piece outfit is at all efficient or practical well it's fewer items so it must be more efficient well until you need to you know take it off you know, so that's that's kind of a hassle, but I, I think it's it's this idea that it's space aged, it's efficient, it kind of echoes. I, I think sometimes it kind of echoes the flight suits that test pilots and early astronauts might have worn. That might be part of it, but it sticks around, doesn't it? I mean, in nineteen eighty seven, nineteen eighty eight, those first two seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation, those space pajamas they were wearing were very much uh, very much jumpsuits, as were the ill-conceived and horrible uh, uniforms from Star Trek the motion picture in uh, in the late 1970s. So that jumpsuit thing, it does tend to hang around for a while. So thanks for those questions and comments. Like I said, there are some others that are a little bit more specific to the second part. I think I said that. I might, have, I might not have said that. But there are some other questions that have come in that are, are sort of addressed or more relevant to the second part of the episode. So we'll be addressing those on sort of after we look at the second part of the Janos people. But now we're going to uh, jump over to my conversation with the saucer wife about this first part of the Janos people. Okay, we are here with the saucer wife to talk about the first episode or talk about her thoughts on the first episode of the Janos people. So, saucer wife, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm nervous about the questions you have, but let's see what we can do. I really don't have that many questions this time. Um, this kind of felt like a really bad TV sitcom. A sitcom? Kind of. I don't know. It just... In, in that it wasn't funny? Or... <laughs> okay, so maybe I don't mean it that way. No, but... I, I'm, I'm serious. A lot, a lot of bad sitcoms are not funny. So there weren't a lot of questions. Um, however, I really... Um, I'm going to ha- have more observations, okay. maybe. Okay. With a few questions. Okay. Things that I found kind of funny. Okay. Uh, there are no two-story homes in in Janos. Janos, Janos. Janos. They, there was a footnote explaining the the pronunciation. Okay, excuse me. Janos. Janos. Yes. So, do you think they had a thing against stairs? That's a good question. I wonder if it was I don't know. That that's a really <laughs> Or were they just like they were so far evolved that they realized that when that they, when they get older, they can't ha- they can't do stairs. So they are just the whole population is just ready for old age you know that would make sense given the fact that they seem very advanced but still 
are in like a spaceship with like a break room with plastic chairs from the 70s and like knobs and dials they're advanced enough to realize that they're not going to want to do stairs when they're 80 right but they're not so advanced that they could simply levitate or whatever perfect yeah. i am yeah. so glad we figured that yeah out. we did we did we did um i laughed at your suburbia and space line it was that was pretty funny yeah thank you um, and then there was the saucer that was hovering over a house. Yeah. And I needed to know, was that a single story house or <laughs> a two story house? Because I have a feeling it was a single story house. I I don't know. Was this was this when they had gone back home after seeing the saucer initially, or was this the house that wasn't there when they went back? That was This is the house that wasn't there. Well, since it was an illusory house, I have a feeling it was a projection by the Janos people and thus was a single-story house. Okay, yeah, because that's, that's we, my... we cannot do two-story houses. No, they're wrong. Um, The never-ending road. Yeah. Okay, so... Dream interpretation. I wonder, I mean, I should have looked this up, but I wonder if there's a dream interpretation of like when you dream about a never ending road, what it signifies. It signifies you've been abducted by aliens. Oh, I was, uh, okay. I should have looked that up. (laughs) Well, let's look it up now. Okay, we're back. And according to tellmemydream.com, to see a road in your dream refers to your sense of direction and how you are pursuing your goals. If the road is winding, curvy, or bumping, then it suggests that you will encounter many obstacles and setbacks. You may be met with unexpected difficulties. If the road is dark, then it reflects the controversial or more frightening choices which you have made or are making. Well, that's grim, isn't it? The controversial or more frightening choices. What are these people doing? Um, If the road is smooth mm, and bordered by trees or flowers, steady progress. If the road is straight and narrow, it means your path is going as planned. To see an unknown road in a dream represents the path that has not been ventured. You are setting a new precedence for something. To dream that a threatening creature is on... Okay, Blah, 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 blah. Traveling down what seems an endless road in your dream is a warning of upcoming worries and disappointments while trying to make things become accomplished when you are not able to make them happen or come true. So there you go. That is what Tell Me My Dream, the first Google result, has to say about endless roads in dreams. Well, we are learning a lot today. Glad I could help you out there. Okay. Here's a question. Why do the Janos, Janos, why do the Janos people need to scan the humans? Aren't they from Earth? Well, they left Earth long, long, long ago. So evolution, you know, means that humans might have developed in ways that are, that means that Earth, to which they want to, the Janos people want to return, might not be entirely compatible with their biology. Of course, one could ask, why do the Janos people not simply scan the atmosphere? Well, aren't they, and they, aren't they here, or they didn't come out of the spaceship? I don't think they came out of the spaceship. Okay. And moving on. The author of the book, Frank... Johnson. Yes, Frank Johnson. Seems to assume that toddlers don't lie. Um, apparently. 
has he never met a toddler? I'm not sure, but he has a background in biology. Toddlers are amazing liars. They will look you straight dead in the eye and lie. You seem cynical. I'm not cynical. This is coming from a base of knowledge. (laughs) You've been lied to by a lot of toddlers in your time? I have. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know... And he sort of says, well, they, 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 they lie. And when they do lie, you can sort of tell when they're lying because they've got that sweet childlike lying way about them. But no, I, I agree with you. Toddlers are, and children up to the age of 37, are generally untrustworthy. Okay. Remind me, Bigfoot comes up. Yeah, the... Uh, Natasha, the little girl, there's a creature that has like a hairy sort of body, I guess. And, okay, yes. um, and Johnson compares it to the North American Sasquatch or Bigfoot. How did you feel when the the UFO and the Bigfoot like worlds were colliding, weren't they? I, I felt pretty relaxed. Pretty relaxed. Um, it also kind of... Uh, supports your theory that Bigfoot might be an alien? Well, it's not my theory, but it's the theory I find the most amusing. So, yes, I was happy to see that, that, you know, there is this potential tangential, potential tangential. There's a band name, if anybody wants one. The potential tangential, the potential tangential. You have to put the the in front of that. And can you please say that three times fast? The potential tangential, the potential tangential, the potential tangential. Yeah. Impressive. Okay. So you talk about that this is a contactee slash abductee account. Yeah. Are there any others that you can think of? Um, back in the 1950s, the Antonio Villas Boas case is, is probably. Oh, that's really more abductee stuff, though, because it's got the weird sex stuff going on with it. And the the woman who abducts him kind of screams like an animal and isn't really acting human. So there's not a lot of really contacty stuff. I don't know. This is this is the most abductee-ish contacty story because you've got you've got the I, I think the big thing is the 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 memory screen, sort of the false memory implantation the sense of lost time and the fact that they relied on hypnotic regression by Jeff McCartney, M apostrophe Cartney. I hate that McCartney. I got a real problem with that. Um, okay. So we're, we're back to the P they were examined. They were strapped into the chair. Yeah. They were examined. They were clamped. Sorry. Clamped, clamped to the chair. Yes. My theory of why John and Francis were scanned uh-huh is that they were related uh-huh yeah yeah so they wanted to see like the similarities and the differences in within the family that's Ooh, my theory that's interesting yeah that that makes sense when once you started to say john and francis was like ah, oh, yeah i bet she's gonna go with the whole brother sister thing that that that's a good that's a good notion yeah Okay, why did the Janos people leave Earth? I think that comes up in part two. 
horrible cop-out answer. Stay tuned for part two. I guess I have to listen to part two now. Oh, you're listening to part two. Yeah. How many takes did it take you to say, and I'm not going to say it right. I just try to spell it phonetically. U-X-E-L-I-A? Uxilia? Yeah. One. Are you serious? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I... when I was reading the book initially, I said it out loud several times to try to get it in my head so that when I came to record the episode, it wouldn't take 11 tries to say Uxia Yulia. I think we need to get a dog or a cat and name it that. You're not going to get a pet in this house by pulling some sort of saucer nonsense. Believe it or not, I'm too smart for that. Hmm. I'm not too smart for a lot of things, but I'm too smart for that. I think it would be adorable. All right, now I'm going to talk about the barbecue scene. Okay. Man, the details that go into this scene. <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's something a normal person, like, reading the book would understand. Like, Is it? we all get the concept of a barbecue. Yeah. So, I mean, we can relate. Yeah, it's, it's like, it was a barbecue, much like an Earth barbecue. That's all you need to say, right? Well, obviously not. Well. Oh, and which... How many pages is this book? Um, That's just a question that I came up to Sitting me right here. Because it is very descriptive. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Well, um, it's including the index, just the, the, the little under 200 pages, 198. And this is just the account of this one contact? Yeah. It's one event. That actually came up in one of the questions on facebook from kenny i think uh he's he said he sort of lost the plot a little bit and is this all from one contact and it is but the author i think i i mentioned this and i probably didn't explain it clearly enough he starts off the way he he jumps around and sort of flashes forward it sounds like it's more than one event but this is i mean the way i read it this was all just one event and um the the sort of bulk of what we know about the janos people comes from sitting our subjects down and making them watch home movies of a barbecue. <laughs> All right. They, um, the book references uh, space kebabs. Space kebabs. And space, well, I think you you may have called it space kebabs and space marinade. Space marinade in a normal frying pan. I think we need to have this as one of those saucer Sunday suppers in honor of the Janos people. Do we? Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. I would be I um, completely down with that. think it would be hilarious. Yeah. It would be hilarious for the people who saw, listen to this episode. Okay, so we'd find it funny. Well, no. I mean, and it's a way to sort of link back to the, the Janos people two-parter and, and sort of, I think we call that synergy here in the corporate world. Not not synchronicity? No, not, not a synchronicity. That's only for people who've watched Hellier 15 times. Not us. Not us. No, we've watched no. it twice. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the last things that you referenced was the lifestyle of the Janos people yes. because of the barbecue. This kind of hit me. Um, a lifestyle of the middle class and Janos. For those of you too young to get the reference, this is a riff on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which was a TV show hosted by Robin Leach back in the 1980s. And Lifestyles of the Middle Class and Janos is going to be the title of part two. So are I, you serious? No, I've, I've decided. Yeah. Just right now decided that absolutely needs to be. I'm so happy. You, you, you should be. 
you're a you're a valued part of the Chizo team. That was my last that was my last observation. Okay, well I've got a, I've got a question for you. What did you think of the length of it? I loved the length of this episode. Um, I think it's the perfect amount of time. Sometimes I feel like once we get to that 45 minute mark, I start kind of tuning out a little bit more. Um, but that's because I have a very short attention span. Um, no, no, you don't. And two parters don't bother me as long as I know when the um, the conclusion's coming because you know how much I hate cliffhangers. That's true. That's true. Uh, the conclusion is coming sometime between 2022 and 2028. Well, no, in I'm, that I'm, case, I'm just, I would have never listened to the first. No, it, I'm, I'm kidding. It, it's it's coming in a week. So, yeah, a week. Okay. Well, good. That's um, <laughs> folks. That's the extent of the market research we do here at Chizo Media. I asked my wife what she thought. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Saucer Wife, for your thoughts on the Janos people. Thank you for having me. We'll have you back for part two of the Saucer Afterwife um, in a while. You're shaking your head. You don't like Saucer Afterwife? No. It, <laughs> it sounds like I'm getting canceled. I think it's charming as hell. You would. I would. All right. We'll be back in a week. Until next time, keep watching the skies because... They're watching you.